I'm Donnie Piercy, host of the Partial Credit Podcast. We're part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here, and today I'm talking with Tyler Arms, who has been a special educator for over a decade and has taught in the elementary and secondary school settings. And now he has written a book called Teaching for God's Glory, Daily Wisdom and Inspiration for New Teachers. Lots to learn today. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe. Enjoy. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Tyler Harms has been a special educator for over a decade. He's taught in the elementary and secondary school settings. Tyler is a dedicated advocate for students and their families. He completed his bachelor's degree at Calvin College located in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He holds master's degrees in both special education and mathematics. Tyler often speaks to undergraduate students about the transition from student teaching to running their own classroom. Tyler, thanks for joining me today and say hi to everyone. Hi, how is everybody today? Well, we're so glad that you're here and we're going to get into your book in just a little bit. But before we do that, let's start by talking about this. What do you like best about working with kids? Um, I think it's you know, the, the chance and the opportunity every day to, to kind of have such an impact on students, um, whether I taught middle school or elementary, um, just the way I can be a role model each and every day to students and kind of, you have an opportunity to transform lives uh, every day you walk in the classroom, which is just an awesome uh, responsibility and uh, just a lot of fun. That's cool. And, you know, one of the things that I, I so miss about teaching kids is uh, it never a dull moment. The, uh, you just never know, never know where it's going or coming from sometimes. And that's, that's, what's really fun. And I'm a former history teacher who taught uh, high school history and uh, um, good stuff. So uh, thanks for sharing that. So, you you know, you've been teaching for over 10 years now, if you could go back and give yourself a piece of advice in your first year of teaching, what would you tell yourself? Um, I think if I was going to go back in time to that first year, I think it would be to kind of slow down and enjoy it a little bit more. Um, because you never get that first year back. Um, and so just to enjoy my students, you know, I always remember my first year students, uh, no matter how many students I've had, I always remember that first class of students that I've had. And uh, just to take more time with that first year students and just enjoy the ride a little bit more than um, it's, it's hard when your nose is to the grindstone trying to figure out everything. But I think slowing down for sure. Very cool. I love that advice. The, uh, so do you have anything specific? in particular that you remember about that first year? Yeah, um, they were all eighth graders and I had just graduated from college. So I was only like, I don't know, six, eight years older than them, maybe. (laughs) And so that's just, you know, being that close to your students, you know, in age is is interesting, Um, but you connect really well um, with them. So we found it very easy to relate to each other and, uh, you know, building those relationships, you know, I learned a lot about, you know, the right way to do that. I had a great mentor um, to kind of work with me on that. And, uh, you know, that once you build those relationships, those students will um, go to the moon for you and back. So. That's awesome. And, and you're right. That's that connecting with them, building the relationships, 
good, strong stuff right there. And uh, that's, that's, I love it. You know, and it's funny just thinking about the first year teaching. Sometimes it seems like yesterday. Sometimes it's like, how long ago was that? (laughs) (laughs) But good stuff. Yeah, you're right. You don't forget that first group. That's for sure. So you're a special education teacher. You have two master's degrees, one in special education and one in mathematics. Which one, which came first? And do you have a favorite subject or content area that you like to teach? Yeah. um, Well, the special education master's came first. Um, Once I started teaching, I just wanted to kind of dive deeper into the field. Um, You know, starting with uh, just a bachelor's is kind of like tip of the iceberg in, in terms of what you can study. So I wanted to get a little bit deeper in my knowledge of uh, special education. And then um, the the mathematics degree, I actually needed, I, I currently wasn't highly qualified to teach math. And I had uh, some students that really needed some, some support. And uh, they would have had to have been in the gen ed classroom and they were multiple levels below. And so they needed some extra support. And so the only way I could do that was to become highly qualified. And so I thought, I'm just going to go for it. And so I went and tacked on another master's degree and uh, became highly qualified in math. And, and I enjoy that subject area. So it wasn't too much of a stretch for me and um, really was able to give the students the support that they needed. Very cool. Very cool. They, uh, so let's, let's use this as a jumping part to get into your book now. And your book is called Teaching for God's Glory, Daily Wisdom and Inspiration for New Teachers. Who's the ideal audience for your book? Yeah, I think um, any anyone that's just getting the profession of teaching, um, even uh, people who have been doing it for three, four, five years, even some veteran teachers, I think, might find some refreshing perspective. Um, when I was working on the book and um, and and kind of researching and, and talking to other teachers, um, I talked to about I don't know, there's about 500 years of uh, experience kind of uh, tallied into this book and. Uh, you know, I think anyone can find some nuggets of advice in here because um, there's different perspectives and people from all over the country that have kind of contributed to this work and uh, found a lot of common themes that I think can help a lot of people. Very cool. So Teaching for God's Glory explains how a teacher can prepare for a great start to the year and provides daily tips, advice, and reflection on issues that new and veteran teachers might encounter, like you just said. Is there a reason that you chose this format and these types of topics? Yeah. Um, at, at the top of each page, you know, there's like an encouraging uh, either a Bible verse or a quote from uh, either a teacher that I know personally or, or, or another famous quote that I found was encouraging. Um, kind of I, when I pictured writing the book and reading it, you know, as a teacher, I thought, well, I could keep it in my desk, pull it out every morning, and then, you know, you start with something positive to kind of um, get your day going. And then, um, you know, finding that practical advice, it's not, you know, a super long read each day, uh, about, you know, three, four minutes. So teachers have something to quickly digest um, before their busy day starts. Um, And then um, it's kind of grouped by quarters of the year. So there's the beginning of the year and then the first, second, third, and fourth quarters of the year. So, uh, you know, if a teacher gets this resource in the middle of the year, they can open up to the day uh, that they're on, like say like day 125 of the school year, they can open up to that day and uh, find some practical advice right where they're at in the year and even kind of looking towards the future. So in October, you might find um, some advice for 
parent-teacher conferences that might be coming up soon, how to start preparing for those. Nice. The, uh, you know, it's, and it's cool because, you know, as a, as a new teacher, I think one of the things that happens quite a bit is that, and it, it's not that anybody means to have this happen, but they, you know, everybody gets caught up in their world in the building and they're doing their thing. And then, so you can kind of be forgotten. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, exactly. and, and so having some advice makes it um, a good place, you know, nice thing to be able to go to is where I'm going with that. And, you know, in your book, you give advice for starting the year off right for a new teacher. And so let's go there for right now. Why do you think it's important for a new teacher to have someone sharing ideas with them? Yeah, I think, um, you know, collaboration, uh, I think, and I've always felt this way, is way better than uh, isolation. You know, working in groups or teams or even just one other mentor teacher, you just um, have so many more ideas. Um, you can figure out best practices a lot sooner than if you're trying it all on your own. Uh, I was really fortunate in my first year teaching, uh, I got to share a room with another special educator and uh, she was a fantastic mentor for me and uh, kind of taught me the ropes. And uh, I was lucky to be in that same room, you know, and most people don't have that opportunity. Um, but, you know, I would suggest for new teachers or even veteran teachers to go find those folks that are doing things really well and, uh, and try and emulate that because they're having a real positive effect on uh, not just the students, but their community as well. Yeah, and I, I love that because it's, you know, one of the things that happens and is that, uh, you know, you're going to run into, I don't, I don't care how much you think you got this. <laughs> you're going to run into those challenges and you're going to run into those moments when you're like, yeah, what do I do here? Or can I get some help? And, and just being able to have someone who's, uh, can, can maybe see you through those moments or help give you some thoughts about it, I think is, a, is, is so important. And um, can you kind of speak a little bit to the thought about, uh, not only is it a good thing to have someone sharing ideas, but kind of someone who's sharing has the right ideas in mind here, the, the, the right person talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, they can either speak kind of truth and, and being helpful advice, or they can almost kind of bring you down. It depends on <laughs> who you, who you're looking or who, who has you there. So so I think um, in terms of having the people, right people in your corner, um, I think you need to have lots of people in your corner. Um, for me, I have a school psychologist who's uh, just fantastic and she's been there for a long time. And um, I also have um, speech pathologists and gen ed teachers. So I think um, when you're looking to find a support system, you wanna find folks that not are only at your grade level or, or your department, but folks that are, can have objective opinions um, from different areas of your building. Uh, even other people in, in the district um, that you can bounce ideas off of because best practices just aren't in your building. They're, they're all over. So um, go out and find them. I love that. And you, you know, it's, first of all, the energy you normally have as a brand new teacher or in your early years is, it's just amazing anyway. And then being able to hook up with somebody who might have that experience, uh, whether it's 50 years or whether it's uh, five, you know, that, uh, that they, they can share and uh, you can pick through and kind of have some ideas about, uh, you know, what should I do here? And that type of stuff is so, just so yeah, powerful. Not, not only that, they, uh, the new teacher has a lot to offer um, <laughs> veteran teachers too. They have that energy like you talked about and also um, new skills that they just learned, you know, right out of college. So it brings really new life uh, to those veteran teachers because they just feel re-energized. Uh, and I love that because that's, that's so much on the money and it, and it, 
and just making those connections, being able to work together. Some of the best teaching I ever got to do was in a school where we were um, in a high school, but they brought up some middle school concepts. And so we were teamed and uh, got to do the collaboration with other teachers. And that was so cool because otherwise in the traditional high school as a history teacher, you're normally on your own. <laughs> right. Exactly. Collaboration was awesome. So, yeah. you know, so one of the things that I want to get into here is, uh, um, it's possible that a, a new teacher or a teacher is going to feel overwhelmed. Um, what advice would you give a teacher who's feeling this way? I mean, how do they overcome this feeling? Yeah, I think it's inevitable, you know, to, you're going to feel overwhelmed in that first, you know, one, two, even three years of teaching. And so learning kind of how to, to cope with that stress and, uh, kind of find the right support system. And um, one of my latest blog posts was kind of how to reclaim your nights and weekends. And and, and in that post, um, I try and talk about setting priorities uh, for yourself professionally and uh, personally. And um, part of it's knowing your limits, um, what you can kind of handle. And sometimes as a new teacher, um, administrators or whoever will ask you to sign up for every committee under the sun because you're new and you have lots of energy, um, but you're also trying to learn curriculum and, and everything else and your students. And so just knowing um, your limits and what you can handle and setting limits with parents sometimes is important <clears throat> because they might be contacting you all through the night. So, um, you know, setting those boundaries and, you know, knowing what, what you can take and also find the, the right people to kind of help you along the way because you just can't do it on your own, especially in teaching. Yeah, you really can. And I think that's one of the things that will wear you down is if you do try <laughs> to do it on your own, that, and, and some of the times it's just the energy that of working with the kids and you've got all this stuff going on and, it, and next thing you know is it's just got too much stuff going on. <laughs> and exactly, uh, especially this time of year, um, you know, after the holiday break, this is a long stretch and here in Michigan, we didn't get as many snow days as we would have liked. Uh, we usually get three, four, five snow days. We only had one. So oh my gosh. <laughs> you can tell the students and the teachers are, um, you know, it just is a long, it's a great learning time because it's a great stretch of academic days together. But, you know, you got to be able to mix it up and have fun and find ways to rejuvenate yourself as well uh, as the students. Very cool. And by the way, you just brought up something that I think is, is so cool because, you know, you're, you're in the uh, states where you do tend to get snow and have snow days. And uh, um, I'm actually in a state where uh, parts of our state, we might get snow days and the other parts of it, we might be out because of severe storms and too much water um, overflowing rivers and things like that. You know, it's, it speaks a lot to when the kids get stuck inside <laughs> or, or they're not getting out outside, you know, that in itself, I mean, how, do you have any thoughts about, I mean, how, what do you have to do in the classroom when, if you guys have had uh, a lot of weather and you're trying to get through something um, because you know that possible that snow is going to be tomorrow or the next day or <laughs> um, how do you, how do you deal with that as a teacher? How do you, I mean, the antsy kids, does that make sense what I'm asking? I, yeah, for sure. Um, so we always, you know, especially when you see like a severe weather warning, everyone kind of gets, <laughs> and you just almost have to embrace it in a way because the teachers look forward to it also in, in a way. Yes. Um, but, you know, taking those small breaks, you just got to take the academics <clears throat> bit by bit and in chunks and take a lot of frequent breaks. And uh, especially when there's times when you can't get outside for, you know, indoor recess or something, have, you know, different ways that kids can get their energy, energy out because they need it. Um, 
you know, a lot of times now we don't have PE as much as we used to and um, students may only get it a couple times a week at most. So they all need to get that energy out. And um, part of our job is helping them do that a little bit. That's very cool because that's that is one of those things you got to figure out how to create some sort of lesson that's going to let them <laughs> that's going to let them explore that energy and or ex, expel that energy is what I really meant and uh, um, that's uh, <laughs> I can only imagine though what it's like because uh, like you said and if listeners were were paying attention there you made that comment that even the adults are a little excited about that <laughs> snow coming too <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so it's it's got to be an interesting sort of uh, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like the energy in the building when the kids and the big kids are, <laughs> it might snow tomorrow. It might uh, snow tonight. Are we here at school tomorrow? Will we be out for a week? <laughs> the anticipation is, uh, yeah, people stay up all night waiting to hear. And when we don't hear it, it the kids are kind of grouchy the next day. So we got to play for that funny. too. That's funny in and of itself. Well, yeah. I want it to snow. Exactly. <laughs> nice. So, so let's talk a little bit about it. Cause I've, I've seen where you've talked a little bit about uh, this in uh, your blog and your book. What, what thoughts do you have about working with students who are really reluctant learners? And, you know, and I mean, in the direction of giving advice to, to teachers, other teachers, colleagues. Yeah, I think <clears throat> finding what really drives those students has been um, really beneficial for me. Um, we talked about earlier, just building those relationships and that really starts on day one and, you know, getting to know those students, talking to all the folks that have ever worked with that student, previous year's teachers, um, the family is gonna have the most information that you're gonna um, probably need. So, you know, talking with those parents at the beginning of the year, um, spending time, you know, with those students, greeting them at the door, just getting to know them on a personal level. Um, once you're able to do that and, and they know that you're there for them no matter what, um, when you have to take a withdrawal out of their account, as they say, for academics or any other, um, you know, discipline, things like that, you've already put a lot of deposits in, in their emotional bank that when you pull a little bit out, it's, there's still some left. That's cool. Cause I've, I've worked with a lot of kids and a lot of times, you know, the, and you know, something you were talking about at the very beginning of the show was uh, the importance of relationship and connecting with kids and such. And I think some of that pays off in there too. And, uh, but they can be a challenge, don't you think? <laughs> for sure. Every day is, can be a, can be a new challenge. That's for sure. <laughs> what a, never a dull moment. Never a dull moment. I was telling someone a story today about, uh, um, I had a, a high school history class that I taught where it got divided by lunch. So, you know, they'd come in for so many minutes and then the lunch bell would happen and they go to lunch and they come back and we finish out the rest of the class. Well, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is, is that I understand, I get it. I, you know, the, the principal at the school and having been a principal, I understand, you know, you don't want to interrupt science labs or math for something like this. So not a problem. But as the history teacher, <laughs> right? <laughs> as you're listening to that story going, thank you very much. Yes, I understand your point. But at the same time, but anyway, <laughs> my point is, is that when you, when you have a special class like that, that has a, a whole group of reluctant learners in it, and they, they come for a little bit, they go to lunch, and then they come back. And I had to figure out different ways of creating engagement mm. when they came back to get them refocused on class. And even though my question's not going to be about having to deal with lunch 
blowing up the middle of your class. Um, do you have any thoughts about helping teachers, you know, how you help engage kids in what they're doing? Um, yeah, I think for me, you know, it all comes back to those, like building those relationships. So when, when I'm working with students, you know, I'll kind of, if we're doing writing, for example, and we're doing a paragraph writing or something, you know, while I'm helping them edit their paper, I'll have a quick conversation about how their day is going, where they're, what they're doing that afternoon, you know, just making those quick connections as you're, you know, giving feedback and, you know, doing some coaching uh, along with those students. And, and same with group work, you know, giving students opportunities um, to talk with their friends in a, in a way that's going to be productive. Um, setting up ways for them to be successful and, you know, trying to be a facilitator as much as I can um, instead of just always driving the instruction, um, letting them have a lot more ownership. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, just connecting with those kids is, is huge. You know, that, that was a big part of what uh, I had to do with that lunch class. I'll never forget that class. This was a long time ago. And uh, there were a couple young men in that class who uh, um, were fun to teach. But the energy they had after lunch was like, it was night and day. And uh, what's funny is I was at an amusement park, you know, one of these theme parks, um, a long way away from where I taught them a bunch of years after, probably about 10, 15 years later. And I hear this voice and I'm like, I know that voice. <laughs> and, and I turn around, he looks at me and he goes, Mr. Mileto. <laughs> and, I, and as soon as he said it again, I was like, oh my gosh, you were in my history class at that lunch one. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I, had to. <laughs> I thought that was funny. He never got in trouble in my class, but he was, it's just that unique voice, that same class. Oh boom. yeah. And there we were. And, the same and some students part. really amaze you, you know, the students that you just wonder what's ever going to happen to them. And I had a student once that uh, really struggled uh, in, a, in a lot of the classes in middle school. And then uh, he ended up graduating early. You know, he had such nice. a, you know, and he came back and even though I didn't think uh, I had much of an impact, you know, he came up to me and, and said I had a, an impact on his learning. And sometimes you don't f find that out until years later. Oh, yeah. Um, so you just got to stay the course. And, you know, when you're working with reluctant learners and <clears throat> you just do the best you can. And then, you know, you pass. That's why it's, you know, it's a long marathon. You kind of pass the baton on to the next person and uh, you kind of leave them better than where you found them, I think. Love it. Love it. You know, one of the things that I want to get into that you talk about is, and you, you kind of sort of mentioned it just a little bit ago, that first parent teacher conference, you know, what advice would you give a new teacher getting ready for, for that, that, that event, you know, that yeah, huge I think, event? <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is a huge event for parents and for the teacher. Um, yes. And, you know, I think for the parents, they will, you know, being a parent myself and going to, parent-teacher conferences, I think you really want to know how your, your kid's doing socially um, and, you know, how they're interacting with peers. And, you know, that's, you know, as a, on the parent perspective, that's almost like almost number one priority. And so I think putting my teacher hat on, I need to kind of think about that a little bit more. And so, um, you know, really bringing out positives, you know, how is, because everyone's great at doing something. And so sometimes you have to dig a little bit deeper to find those positive things, but uh, always start a meeting out in a positive way, what you really enjoy about the student, um, what kind of talents they have, what they bring to the, your classroom. Um, and then, you know, you, you only have about 15 minutes or so. So, um, you know, dive into the academics a little bit, but really show the parents and, you know, the guardians that you really appreciate their student, that they're a joy to have in class and that you really care 
uh, about them and and deeper, more um, prevalent issues you can communicate at a separate meeting or you know through a phone call that sort of thing. But for parent teacher conferences, it's you know you want to build that great first impression and uh, you know make sure you're showing that you care. Very cool. Good stuff. That's uh, you know. Being able to show that you care is so important. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of times nobody ever talks to you about how to have that conference. <laughs> exactly. And, that, should, that could be a whole course in itself, I think, in college. <laughs> I agree with you. I think, you know, because it's, it's one of those things that you, and hopefully you don't say anything dumb, put your foot in your mouth or something like that. But at the same, you know, you're thinking about that as well as, you know, there, there's some good pointers that people could give you. And, uh, and uh, um, I think just understanding that uh, you're talking with a parent. I mean, I'll never forget one of my first ones, the, uh, uh, the parent, I didn't have children yet. And the parent uh, um, who I was talking with uh, decided that uh, she was going to say the following. She said, you don't understand. You don't have children. And I went, hmm, <laughs> you're correct. I don't have children. I still thought I was right, but uh, <laughs> I always remembered that because then when I became a parent and I sat in a parent teacher meetings, then I really understood what she meant. Yeah, really. It really puts it into perspective when you're putting on both hats. That's for sure. You got that right. <laughs> Suddenly it's like, Hmm. And I'll never, that's why I'll never forget what she said because it stuck with me all those years. Once I, once I had my own kids, it's like, yeah, now I know what she's talking about, <laughs> but good stuff. So, you know, one of the things that I want to make sure that I talk about is that you've written a book and it's so cool. I mean, teaching for God's glory, daily wisdom and inspiration for new teachers. So where'd your idea come from and talk a little bit about how long it took to uh, put your book together. Yeah. Um, so I, I remember it pretty vividly. It was about, <laughs> it took about three years to do the project, but I remember just uh, in the middle of the night, cause I had talked to some one of the student teachers or something um, the day before at our building. And then that night I just kind of woke up in the middle of the night thinking, man, we, I got to do something about this or I could do something about this. And so I kind of came downstairs in the middle of the night and just got some sticky notes out and started thinking about, man, if I was going to start teaching, what, what are some things that I wish I would have known that I know now? And then I just, the sticky notes just kept coming and coming and coming. And I thought, wow, there's, some cool, cool stuff going on here. And I thought, wow, this is something that just has to, to come out because this is, it ended up being, um, you know, the playbook almost for what I wish I would have known when I graduated college. Um, if I had that in my hands, I think my first couple of years would have gone, they went pretty smooth, but I think they would have gone a lot smoother for sure. Nice. And uh, yeah, so it was, it really just transformed after that. And then, you know, as I started talking to more educators and, uh, some that had retired, some that were still teaching, um, just getting perspective from all generations of, of educators. I saw a lot of common themes. And uh, so they all were kind of compiled together and, um, and put into this book. And, you know, I think it's so cool that, you know, when new teachers or veteran teachers get this as a gift or something, they can open it to any day uh, of the school year and find something that's beneficial for them. They don't have to start at the beginning. It's wherever they're at. It, we kind of you know, meet them where they're at. And, uh, you know, I think that's something I really wish I would have had going into it, but, um, uh, I think that's the purpose of the book. And, you know, I hope I've, so far I've uh, had a lot of great positive uh, feedback from it. Excellent. And, and it's a, 
cool book. I, I, like you said, I wish I'd had it because I definitely didn't have that. <laughs> and, what, what I really like too about it is like on every Friday, there's a spot to like do some journaling or, uh, you know, uh, prayer requests, anything like that, that teachers want to make notes on their lessons. There's a spot to, you know, to kind of write in and funny things that students say that you just know you have to write it down. And then next year you can look back and, uh, and kind of have those things. And, and it, I think it'd be cool, you know, 10, 12 years down the line, you know, if I would have had that book to look back and see what I would have tweaked or from a lesson or what students would have said back then, um, it would have been a good keepsake, I think, for my first years of teaching. Oh, most definitely. That would have been an awesome keepsake. I love that. The, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, is really cool is that you also, not only did you start the project like you were talking about, but you finished it <laughs> and you published <laughs> your thoughts and words and deeds. Um, how did you do that? How did you keep yourself going and finish the pro finish your book? Yeah, it was, it was a lot of starting and stopping. Uh, I've got three young boys. Uh, <laughs> six, four, and now seven months. So uh, there's a lot of stopping and starting. Um, during the school year, it's so busy um, with just trying to do, be the best I can be every day for my students and families. So um, a lot of times I put it on the shelf for a while and uh, I would kind of work on it during longer breaks, Thanksgiving, Christmas break, and uh, spring break, that sort of thing. When I had a few free minutes and then last summer, I really um, saw that it was nearing kind of completion. Then I kind of had to make a decision what I wanted to do with it because it was just kind of in a binder sitting and uh, looking at me every day. And so I thought, you know, I'm, so I kind of sent it out to Harper Collins and, and they, you know, looked at it with me and they thought, wow, this is a cool thing. And I think you should, they thought I should get it published. So I thought, all right, let's, let's go for it. So then we really fast tracked it. And uh, I um, spent a lot of time with it uh, in the past year and making sure it was done the way I think educators would appreciate that's excellent because I know that, uh, you know, that's the biggest thing that people complain about is that they get this idea, they get going on it, and then somewhere along the line, you know, kind of <laughs> energy runs out or something else happens, and then they got to get it back and get focused. And so that's cool. Yeah, so, I think, I, I just think that motivation from, you know, the other folks that, you know, that accountability, my, my wife and, um, you know, Harper Collins and those folks just kept kind of cheering me on and, and kind of saying, yeah, this is really something that, that people need. So it's, Let's get it out there to them. Awesome. Well, congrats again. So what I want to do is shift a little bit because you have a blog called uh, teachforgodsglory.com and uh, you have some really cool articles. And I just wondered if you'd just talk a little bit about your blog and uh, share maybe one of your favorites. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it, it kind of started as I started writing the book. Um, I figured this is a great way to kind of go deeper on some of those subject areas um, from the book. And so um, I, I took some ideas and um, found some practical ideas for, for teachers around like stress management, um, working with reluctant learners was another one, um, uh, kind of ways to kind of help students with ADHD. I think I did a three-part series on that. Um, and, you know, it really just stemmed from, I wanted to be a one-stop a one shop for new teachers so they could find practical advice. Uh, resources that were right there that they could um, go to and print off or watch a quick video, um, get some great professional development that's free and, uh, you know, just be really um, respectful of, you know, a teacher's time and uh, know, you know, what's important and have it all right there. Because 
I don't want to read a lot of information either, especially teaching. I want to digest it and, and get on with my day. And so I wanted to make sure it's concise and you know digestible for educators. Excellent. Well, it definitely is great advice. It's a great blog. And, you know, you, you mentioned my favorite one earlier, reclaiming your nights and weekends will give you more joy in your work, which I love. That's, that's a cool article and uh, just great advice there as well. So uh, need to go check out his blog. So um, Tyler, before we go, if someone wanted to connect further with you, where would you send them? Yeah. Um, my author page, um, uh, www. Uh, uh, tylerharmsauthor.com. Uh, that's kind of uh, the homepage for the book, Teach for God's Glory. And on there, there's uh, my related links uh, page, and that's where you can uh, purchase the book. There's uh, a hardcover, uh, paperback, and a, uh, an ebook option uh, for people who like to listen on their device. And then also there's a contact me page. And uh, yeah, feel free to send me, you know, drop me a line. And I'd love to hear from uh, new teachers just to see where their journey is going and uh, any ways I can help. Um, I would love to, to be in touch with them. Excellent. And I'll put the links all in my show notes so that uh, anybody listening right now can just go back to my uh, show notes page and there'll be all these links there to, uh, to take you straight back to uh, Tyler's uh, website and to his social media links and so forth. So good stuff. The, uh, so I've got two questions that I want to ask you to finish up. And the first one goes like this. If you had the chance to talk with an audience of 100 brand new teachers, what is something that you would want them to know or think about? I think if I was talking to a group of, of new teachers, I would tell them that um, no matter what the year brings, because there can be ups and downs uh, during that school year, that uh, your work matters and that you really need to know your why of why, of why you got into teaching. Um, knowing that will be kind of your foundation and because you're going to have tough days. And so knowing why you got into the profession in the first place um, will be kind of your bedrock for the rest of your career. Um, Cause we all didn't get in it for the money and <laughs> there's certainly other occupations that would have done that, but uh, we're doing it for, for kids and, and for families and uh, trying to build the next leader. So. Awesome. I love the advice. Good stuff. So last question, do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it and what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Yeah, um, I would talk to Miss Wheeland. Or she was Miss Nugent uh, back when I had her, but she just uh, was recently married a little bit ago. But um, she's from my hometown and uh, we still connect every now and again, but she was just fantastic. She's my uh, middle, one of my middle school teachers and um, she just really was a great role model for kind of how I ran my uh, middle school classroom. She had real um, open door policy, students would come in and we'd get our homework done. We'd be able to kind of relax and, and uh, you know, connect with each other and then also um, talk with her, if, you know, anybody had any issues. So um, I really just appreciate her willingness to, you know, give us, you know, time in her room. And, you know, a lot of it was probably her free time and thinking about it now, it was probably her planning period and her after school and her lunchtime. And, um, you know, she sacrificed a lot, but man, the relationship, she, she must have built over the years is, is phenomenal. So definitely wanted to say thank you to her. She was a big inspiration for me. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, Tyler, it's been great talking with you today. I can't thank you enough for joining me. I love the book, Teaching for God's Glory, Daily Wisdom and Inspiration for New Teachers. Your focus on supporting teachers is just incredible. Keep up the great work. Wishing you the best in all that you do. Take care. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate it. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, 
Your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.